This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Wednesday, October 26th. God, we are uh, two months away from 2023. And I, this year has flown by. Flown by. Can't say the next couple of months will fly by. That is, it's always kind of a drag at the end of the year, right? That being said, uh, we here at Ben and Woods committed to bringing you quality, fun radio. Are we not? Yes, uh, yes. Highly committed highly to committed. the craft of quality, fun radio. Correct. I'm Woodsy. It's Paul Rindel. He's our executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. I prefer committed to mediocrity. Yes, committed to mediocrity. Been, uh, yeah, we've been accused of that before. Remember that? We got, we said, somebody said that we were mediocre, and that's why we got the job here. That was fun. We put it on our Twitter bio. People are so cool. They're just the best. They're really the best. It's really cool when they like pretend to be your friend. Yes! Oh, the greatest. The greatest. The cool thing about media, though, they really don't stab you in the back. They do stab you in the front, for the most part, yeah? Does that mean, well, you... it's hard to really, there's not a lot of, I mean, we're always in the front. I mean, where else, you know, we're out there in front of people, whether it's on the air or social media. But no, like they're not, a, they don't talk really behind your back. People in media just talk about you on their podcasts and like just urinate all, all over you, metaphorically. Right, it's content. We all but need like content. Right in the front, though. We all need content all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we do content, but we're not in here ripping on anybody other than like the Dodgers. I don't think we've ever said a bad thing about no. anybody else in San Diego. Media-wise? Yeah. Never first. Never first. Right? Last, Ben Higgins is here. He's your friendly neighborhood sports anchor. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I feel like I embarrassed myself a little bit last night on Twitter. How? Well, you know me. I am a foodie. I love good food. I didn't see this. And uh, so our friend Adam Jones, who is going to join us at 7.35 this morning, it's Wednesday, so we'll talk to AJ, was tweeting a picture of the dinner he was at. 
and it was steakhouse. He was cel- you know, whatever, celebrating his new podcast, and it was tweeted out a picture. Beautiful looking filet had uh, you know some greens on the table, scalloped potatoes or mac and cheese or something with you know au gratin all over it. Looked delicious, and there was this big. Big giant pile of it looked like stuffing or something. I didn't know what it was, and I go, "Boy, that looks like a great dinner." What is that on the left side of the plate, though? It's just this big, like tennis ball-sized thing. And I go, "I, I mean, I don't know what that is." And they they responded. I don't think it was him, but one of the other people at the dinner said, "That's a crab cake." And I go, "You uncultured." Swine. Well, I, I mean, I guess he's over in you know, Balt, you know, Baltimore, Baltimore where yeah. crab cakes are I'm the looking thing. Looking at it right now, I would have thought that was like maybe some sort of a biscuit. We or a exactly stone. <laughs> stuffing or yeah, it's it's a big. It giant, doesn't look like a. Crab it's look. It's All as, right, now I gotta look. For it's the as big as the fillet that's on the plate. It's this giant thing, and I'm going. That's not how we grow crab cakes on this side of the country. They're little <laughs> it's flat. So true. They're little flat discs. Now I understand why they look people, like a hockey puck. People like crab yeah. cakes over on the other side of the country. They look a lot bigger and okay. better than we get over here for sure. You would not think that that's guy. a crab cake. <laughs> now, so the guy that got you to Andre Joubier, I'm assuming he's French. He says, LOL, that's a crab cake. The LOL makes it sound like... That's why I felt embarrassed all of a sudden. Hey, Hey, stupid, Have you never seen a crab cake before? Uncultured. A number of crab cakes. They're usually like these little round hockey puck-shaped discs that we get. How do you say the sauce? Remoulade? Remoulade, yes. Oh, my God. It's kind of a a mayonnaise-y spiced sauce. I mean, on a crab... I mean... But it's good on it, yeah. I will... I'll... I mean, it is like a little cayenne or something it's in there. The yeah. Best, it's the best. No, you're right. You're right. That is a uh, that looks phenomenal. By the way, yeah. Jesus, I was just gonna say that everything. looks for <laughs> so shocker. Adam Jones is living his best life. Yeah, it says, oh, it says celebration meal after making it through the second episode. Adam, you can't do this on every meal. You're going to go broke because you're not going to make any money on a podcast for a long, long time. <laughs> I mean, you don't make any money in radio except for a, you need to put in a lot, a lot of years. So now what's Adam got? He's got some asparagus on his plate, and what are those little... Those little are those Brussels sprouts? This is great for our audience, by the way. <laughs> doesn't really this. matter. It's, it looks it's, really it's good. Very, look, very tasty, though. That, cra- that crab cake looks great. Now I'm hungry. It looks incredible. I mean, it's, it's the size... If you crammed, like, three of our crab cakes that we do here, rolled it up into a ball... That's what it was. And it's much like. more natural. It's just like a big pile oh, of crab, basically, God, on the good. plate, a little toasted on the outside. And I go, okay, oh, that looks really, really good. I need to now, I think I need to go to Baltimore to get a, like an authentic crab cake at some point. I'll just go here somewhere and get one. But Someone, that, some, somewhere must have like a real, like big Baltimore Coast, style crab yeah. cake. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They look phenomenal. Well, uh, we digressed into uh, crab cakes and whatnot. But, Do you like crab um, cakes out yeah, there? Yeah, you guys like crab cakes out there? A bad crab cake, though, is bad. Yeah. A good one is fantastic. But a bad one is like, ooh, ooh, that's, this isn't going to go well. I had a bad well. crab cake in I, the last, I, like, year. I have, too. And it's just like, you're so bummed because you, you can taste it before yeah. it gets to the table and you know exactly what it needs to taste like. And if it's just a smidge off, you're like, oh, God, I can't believe it. And you eat it anyway. Cause, but it's like, oh, this is cool. This is rancid. This I, is rancid we, crab. We, uh, this was about a year ago, and like, yeah, we we split one as a little appetizer, yeah. and I just kind of like t- 
to- lied to myself and said, this is what it's supposed <laughs> this to is be fine, like. This is fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is fine. And then months fine. later, we went out to dinner. I think it was for my birthday. <laughs> and Megan ordered a crab cake from a place we knew we would get at least what we're accustomed Usually to Usually pretty good. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like a Baltimore crab cake, but we just knew, okay, this is what it's supposed to taste like, That's, at least in San Diego. It here. really is tasty. Uh, I'm speaking of embarrassing ourselves. I am doing something today that I have 100% bubble guts about. One, I mean, I am as nervous as I've ever been. At 10.30, I was actually going to ask you guys, what do we have in our last segment today? Oh, we'll be replaying Adam Jones. You know that. I'm splitting a little bit early because I need to be at my son Bo's preschool at 10.30 on the dot. And his uh, new teacher, Miss Blair, does not suffer fools. And she has reminded me several times, 10.30 sharp. See you Wednesday at 10.30 sharp. Okay, I'll be there. Do you know what I'm doing today? They had asked the the parents of all the kids in the new class, um, hey, we love parent interaction. And last year, remember I went. Oh, is it what you do at work day? Well, so no. Okay. So that's, that's not necessarily. It could be if you want. But it's we really love and need and appreciate parent interaction. We love when parents come in and do like presentations and stuff. Last year, I, I would if I was a teacher as well. Hundred percent time off for me. Why do you think we get we do interviews? <laughs> it's a breather for us, honestly. Like if we have an interview, ninety nine percent of the time. So I uh, last year I went in and I did baseball and I took all the kids out into the little green area and I taught them how to swing and we threw the ball around and it was really fun. And I asked her, I said, well, I I can do that again. She said, no, your wife tells me that you're very into music and you play guitar. I said, yeah. And she said, great, come do a presentation for the kids. And I said, can I do it about rock and roll? And she's, yeah, whatever you want. And I said, okay. So today, Ben and Paul and Tier 1's out there, I, at 10.30, will be going to Bo's class, sitting down in front of about 14 four- to five-year-olds and literally doing, like, School of Rock for these little kids. I've, I've got my guitar in the car. I've got little handouts for them with, you know, Bowie and Zeppelin and uh, Black Sabbath and Kiss and, you know, rock and roll. Are we worried that other pro- other parents are going to protest you? So I told Miss Blair, I go, listen, I'm doing, I'm not going to, I'm not doing Music Man. They have a guy that comes there, Music Man, you know, let's tie our shoes, everyone tie your shoes. <laughs> like, I go, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm coming in and I'm going to talk about and play and we'll, I've got my speaker. This isn't Baby Shark. We're not doing Baby Shark. And this isn't, you know, let's shake our sillies out, everybody. We're not doing, like, I'm going. Yeah, put your left hand yeah, in. Yeah, I'm going full bore, like, Jack Black in School of Rock. I'm, I, I honestly, my stomach hurts. I'm so nervous. Because it could be terrible. Like, I don't know what they listen to. I don't know what their parents listen to. And I'm, but I'm going to go in and do it. And I've got the handouts. I've got... I've got my axe in the car, and I'm going to sing a couple songs for him. And math is a wonderful thing. Math is a really cool thing. The best line right here. So get off your axe. Let's do some math. Math, 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 math. So fantastic. Three minus four <laughs> is negative one. 
That's right. <laughs> and six times a billion is... Six billion? Six billion? <laughs> Nailed it. And 54 is a 45 more than what is the answer, Marta? Nine. No, no it's, it's eight. <laughs> no, no, it's nine. nine. Yes, <laughs> I was testing you. It's nine. Just and that's a magic number. God. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but uh, I'm very, very nervous about it. Very. Now, I, I mean, I could have gone. Now, the and, audience here, again, they're between the ages of generally three and five. Yeah, about four. Yeah, four to five. Not the most critical of audiences that you're yeah, probably going to find. Uh, have you ever tried to hold a four to five-year-old's attention? Sure. Ever? But, sure, but if you lose the attention, you can't take it too personally. Like, what am I doing wrong here that this three-year-old is distracted by the butterfly that just, you know, passed by the window? No. It's they're, they're three to five. That's what I'm doing today. Gonna go in, try to school these little punks on some some rock and roll. You know, the uh, we'll start. Should I give them like a full lesson? Hey, let's start with the Delta Blues, everybody. <laughs> this is Robert Johnson, and uh, you know the devil. Let me tell you guys about the devil at the crossroads. I don't know how it's gonna go. I'm gonna wing it as I do most things in my life, but uh, I'm excited about it, and I just hope I don't embarrass my son. I really hope he's not embarrassed and still thinks. Well, your dad. daddy plays weird music. <laughs> Why does your daddy play Seriously. weird music, Bo? Do you guys like Skinner out there? Do you guys, have you ever heard of Leonard Skinner? <laughs> well, you think you'll be just fine without me, but you're mine. You think you can kick me out of the bed, and then Zach, you come in with a face melter. Okay. It's so good. It's just one of the best movies of all time. Uh, so that's what I'll be up to today. Uh, and yeah, you may leave a little early then. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm going to leave a little. Early. I have to be there at ten thirty. I get it. Yes, she is. I, we love her because she is terrifying. We love her. Like Bo needs very. He's very good at school. Very, very usually good. if you want to be the terrifying teacher, you go more for like seventh or eighth grade, right. where you right. You really need to. You know, instill some discipline. Generally, the preschool teachers, they're just the really, really, really nice ones. Our tier ones are maybe the greatest. <laughs> Not maybe. They're the greatest. Already, Alex Bernadette has tweeted a screenshot. At the Stephen Woods, October 26, 22, 1030 a.m. sharp, Bose Preschool. It looks like a concert thing from Ticketmaster. Uh, general admission, $230 each. <laughs> GA1, $232 each. Tickets are going fast. <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm terrified. And I did tell her, I go, look, you may get some... Not every parent wants their kids coming home singing ACTC. But, hey, this is what you asked me to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to deliver the best I can. Try to avoid the explicit language <laughs> yeah. versions of songs. Yeah, of Radio course. safe, please, for preschool. Of course, of course, of course. I- I'm excited about it, but I'm also very nervous. I'll report back and let you guys know how it goes. All right, getting started today. I did mention it's Wednesday. Adam Jones will be with us at 735. We'll also catch up with our friend AJ Cassivel, do a little... Padres wrap-up with AJ from MLB.com at 8.35. All of our guests appear on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. Uh, Go through yesterday's end-of-season news conference with Bob Melvin and AJ Preller coming up here as well. 
Next, though, Daily Diddy time. Still working out our pain and sadness from the end of the season. Paulie with the selection today, I believe. And uh, some good news for a friend of the program yesterday. If you missed it, we will let you know if you don't know already. It's coming up next. This segment of Ben Woods brought to you by the Golf Mart. We'll be right back after our first check of Kelly Danick's traffic on a Wednesday morning on 97.3 The Fan. Be right back. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Damn. All the planes we flew, good things we've been through. Then I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever pays. Now I see you in a better place. Uh, how can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gon' be with me for the last it's ride. It's been a long day without you, my friend. It has been a long day without them. Couldn't help but let my mind wander. Last night, Ben, just like I did on Monday. See about round 6.30. Last night, I went, mm. Mm. Now, last night, it would have been... Though, we have come a long way. We have, dude. And I'll tell we'll you... see you again. Last night at 6.30, like I, thought four to, months. I thought to myself, who would be... To- Let's say Blake Snell had won on Monday night. Who would be towing the slab in a game seven? Joe Musker. Short rest. Short, short rest, right? Three days. Three days rest. Would it have been an opener? Would it have been Mike Clevenger? No, that would have been Joe. Kidding me? Might might have been if, if they had a if they had a guy they felt could get through the first stretch, like that a first Tim stretch Hill was or gnarly. something. Yeah, just to just to see if he could get Joe like through five at that point yeah. into the six, something like that. I don't know. It's a good question. Padres never never had to go to a short rest start the entire season. You Darvish was about to do it in Game Five of the NLDS against the Dodgers. Never done it in his life. Didn't have to. Ended up not having to do it. Fortunately, uh, right? Because we beat the Dodgers right. in four. So it didn't. So you're saying it didn't even get to Game Five? Did not because we won three out of four. That's cool. Three in a Sad, row. Sadly, uh, we did to the Dodgers the same thing the Phillies yeah. did to us. They didn't have to. Come back to San Diego because they won three in a row to close out the series. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I want. So you're saying that 
we beat the the Dodgers. Yeah, three out of four times, three in a row. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah it's good. Like it was yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't yesterday, but it does. It was a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun. I was very delighted yesterday to see the news, as I know you both were as well, that the uh, Miami Marlins had settled on a new manager in their dugout, and it is going to be none other than friend of the program and former Padres bench coach, Um, Dare we we say tier one? Tier one. Tier one listener, Skip Schumacher. Going to be a little tougher, probably, to catch as much Ben and Woods from Miami Ah, on the the East Coast. We start start at 9 a.m. over there. Yeah, he'll be fine. Well, he'll already be into his work day. That's the problem. His managers, they... It's like nonstop when you're the manager, and I, I think he's looking forward to it. But it's a you talk to any assistant, the bench coach. It's a different ball game oh, when yeah. you're the manager. Well, so I I have so many questions. Obviously, massive congratulations. I saw the news come through. We said it yesterday. They were down to four finalists, and Skip won the job. And we asked, man, is that a job you even want? And you know, I kind of made I kind of made the case, Ben. If you get a chance to manage a big league ball club. Um, you know, there's only 30 of them out there, and you get a chance to do it. You look at at what they have pitching wise, some really really good young pitching. So he's got a couple of couple of guys already locked up. Um, one thing we know about Skip, one thing we heard uh, about Skip from many many of the players is he's a guy that's done it, Ben. He's done it at the highest level, and he's got the hardware to prove it, and was instrumental in helping them get that hardware. And that goes a long long way in the locker room, uh, just a massively long way. He was here, I think, in a pretty untenable situation. Uh, he was middleman. And if you've ever been the middleman in anything before, you, you ever the middleman between your your son and your wife? It's tough. Like, you ever the middleman between two buddies? Like, it is not an easy between thing to do. Between your co-host and a brand manager? <laughs> Hypothetically. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, no, I, I, not really, but it's, I know what you're saying. It's such a tough position to be in. Like, Skip had the guy's ear. In the Padres clubhouse, but he also had to kind of have Andy's back as well. So, or not Andy? Uh, Jay, well, he was. He's, he he was here for yeah, yeah, Andy. Yeah, that's it, right. Yeah, he was, and then stayed through Both. for Jace, which is a, a, an interesting situation as well. No doubt, a holdover for the coaching staff that you kind of inherit. Credit to Skip Schumacher, no question, yeah. man. And the the players loved him. He's very intense. He's very detail oriented, um, and I'm just I'm so happy for him, man. He has been. Such a uh, such a huge huge part of our show. He's so freaking cool. I was texting with him all throughout the playoffs when they got eliminated, um, and he was just he's as kind as could be. So I did text him yesterday. I said, "Man, you know, obviously warmest congratulations. So happy for you and your family." And then I did send a follow up tweet that said, "I humbly accept the bench coach position." Uh, and he said, ha, 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 what a crazy day. Uh, he will be joining us at some point in the very, very, very near future. It seems unfair that we get him before like the Marlins <laughs> do, and I don't think they've done their news conference or anything yet. So, but after. Well, sure. I mean, look, it's, um, you know, I also texted my wife. I said, my, I now have a friend that's a major league manager that I, it's pretty cool. I love that dude, man. He is, he, I have talked to him though about, so many things other than baseball, about being a dad, about being a husband. 
he has always been there. Like I've had deep, deep conversations with him about how challenging it is to be a father. He's a great one. He's a great one. His kids are are amazing. So I just love that guy to death. I'm so happy for him. And now, like, I'm going to be rooting my ass off for the Marlins next season, except when they play the Padres. It's pretty remarkable how many Major League skippers now have pretty strong Padres ties. You know, obviously Bob Melvin, but you look around and there's uh, Bud Black, still with the Rockies, yep. former Padres manager. Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy with the Rangers, former Padres manager. You've got Phil Nevin with the Angels. You've got Mark Kotze with the A's. Uh, David Ross played for the Padres. He's the manager of the Cubs. You've got Dave Roberts, of course. Now you have Skip Schumacher as well. Uh, it just feels like there's a lot of, a lot of guys out there who are now... Uh, the number one guy in the dugout who have uh, at least passed through uh, for a small or significant portion of their playing or coaching days with the San Diego Padres. No doubt about it. There's so much I want to ask him uh, when we get him on the line, right? Like, I want to ask him what the interview process was like. I want to ask him, like, what, is that, what does that really look like when we've all interviewed? Well, Paul and I have interviewed for jobs before um, and done resumes. Do you have to do a resume to be a manager? You have to, here's my CV. Here it is. References. References. And yes, you can call my references. And I obviously, baseball is a pretty tight knit fraternity, and people do their due diligence. They make phone calls. Hey, uh, you played for Skip, or you played with Skip, and you know, what kind of guy is he? I'm sure hundreds of those calls were made. But I mean, I w- if I was in a major league organization, there's probably also some. Private investigators involved for like detailed background oh. checks. You don't want anything. We to actually know for a fact that they do that. Pop so, up, yeah. you know, anything the unexpected in your past yeah. that uh, hasn't come out yet. That can be a that can be bad news if it if you don't find out before you make the hire. Well, that Ben, and then I I do also wonder how much of it is. All right, so it's uh, the bottom of the seventh. It's a three two count, and you're just like, do they just throw you on the spot? Scenarios, yeah. But is there a right answer? I mean, there's an answer maybe that the person hiring would do. Well, you know, I think it... But is that necessarily the right answer? But it, 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 the answer might not be what they're looking for. The answer might be your conviction. The process, your, the process. of how you get there, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah, or or how convicted are you in your in your decision? You know, um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, there's a lot more than just, like, going out, putting a lineup back and sitting back on the bench and, and watching the game unfold and... Um, you know, the, the GM there, fascinating story. Kim, Kim Ng uh, is fascinating. She's a fascinating, the first female GM. I want to know what that was like, you know, interviewing with her. What is she like? We have tried to get her on before. Doesn't do a ton of media. Would love to pick her brain at some point, too. Well, uh, yesterday, Bob Melvin, you know, basically like the interview question, got it again. So if you had another chance, it's the eighth inning. You have Josh Hader in your bullpen, and Bryce Harper is coming to the plate, and he's like the hottest guy on the planet. You're up by one, and there's a runner on base. Did but somebody ask inning. him that in the presser? Well, yes, they did. What would you do? Yeah, uh, and oh, we got man. that answer again from Bob Melvin. Not necessarily what uh, Padres fans expected. I thought there was some really good stuff, though, and we're going to go through uh, some of that news conference from yesterday. You heard it here live on 97.3 The Fan, but uh, definitely some things that we need to discuss uh, some Juan Soto talk yesterday, some Fernando Tatis Jr. talk yesterday from A.J. Preller. Uh, we'll get to all of that coming up. Stay tuned, and don't forget, you can tune in to kick off with Boomer and Valeni Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. It's Boomer Esiason and Mike Valeni discussing NFL news, previewing games, everything you need 
on the NFL. You can hear it right here, 7 a.m. Saturdays on 97.3 The Fan. Ben and Woods, more after this on 97.3 The Fan. Tower 97.3 The Fan brought to you by On Deck Small Business Loans. When you own a small business, sometimes you need funds fast. So go to OnDeck.com, America's largest online small business lender. On Deck makes it easy to apply in minutes. Apply for your loan today at OnDeck.com. Uh, Notice the uh, bottom of every hour, we'll be hearing from A.J. Preller here, part of yesterday's <laughs> news conference. A.J. Adam Jones at 735, and then A.J. Cassavell at 835 so we've got aj's at the bottom of the hour every hour your name's not aj i ain't talking to you today and a little bob thrown in for the mix i loved i loved one of the things i heard from bob melvin yesterday uh we will get to that right after this check of traffic on 97.3 the fan i would say they're much higher so that was kind of the expectation this year you know thought kind of long and hard about you know was this season a success you know i think if you look at it from spring training you would say, yeah, you know, based on who we had, where we were in spring training, if you said we would go to the National League Championship Series, is that a successful season? Sure. But once it becomes part of you and once, you know, the moves we made at the trade deadline and now you move forward and you're in the postseason, you're having success and you're beating quality teams, your expectations raise. So when you lose that final game, which really was unexpected because all our guys expected to go farther. And so that a little bit more of a disappointment when you look at the totality, what the season, what you think of the season. So that's kind of how I look at it. But going forward, I believe the expectations and based on playing in these uh, scenarios and the environments we played in should raise our expectations going into next year. You know what? There was a day when just getting to the playoffs was, was good enough here in San Diego. Hey, got to the playoffs. Doesn't matter, you know, if we didn't do anything. At least we got there. I like that, uh, that that is no longer the case. It's absolutely, you can say that this last season was a successful one for the Padres, but by no means are you satisfied at just a successful season. There's more to be done. And when uh, Bob Melvin said yesterday that he wants expectations to be even higher, 
you know, nationally championship series, fine, great. Expectation should be even higher next year for the Padres. I agree. It's such a weird thing. Um, it's such a weird thing. Expectations, right? And we talk about it a lot on this this show, and they talk about it a lot in in this business. So every team, right? Thirty teams in Major League Baseball. What do they always say? Hey, our it's it's like cookie cutter. Hey, our ultimate goal is to win a World Championship. Now, do does O'Neill Cruz and Cabrian Hayes, do they go into spring training next season going, yeah, yeah, I think we can win a title? They don't. They don't have the, they don't have the guns Anything to do less it. Is Anything less is a failure. I think there are a handful of organizations that do feel that way. Um, and I think there's a handful of organizations that operate that way. I'm very proud to announce that the San Diego Padres are now one of those organizations. As of today. Right? As of last season. Um I, I honestly feel that. Now, there are varying levels of success. When you look at what the Orioles were able to do this season, did, do you think those guys consider it a successful season? I bet they kind of do. I bet they kind of do. I bet the, that Brandon Hyde and the guys in that locker room go, man, we, we busted our ass out there this year. We came this close. That We came this close to actually, like, Scaring the crap out of some teams in the AL and making the playoffs. Unfortunately for them, ownership and the players have to be in alignment. And it just wasn't. They unloaded guys that could have helped them get to the ultimate the ultimate goal. And I think for the Orioles, the ultimate goal would have been making the playoffs. Because it's just different. Sure, everyone says your expectation is to make and win a World Series. Very few owners and very few front offices act like it. Very few, a handful, maybe six or seven out of 30. Therein lies the biggest problem in baseball. You've got 20 or so teams going, hey, hey, we'll see what happens. huh? If somebody shocks us and surprises us, great. Uh, But you're not going to get a lot from us. I thought Bob worded that perfectly. Me and you both. Because I don't know, was it World Series or bust if you go back to the beginning of March for this team? I don't don't think think so. so. I think 2021 felt a little bit more like that after 2020. Yes. We saw that what happened, you know, midseason. We saw the collapse. I think getting into the playoffs would have been a successful season for the Padres. In 21. In 22. 22. After 21. Yeah. But once you take down the 101 win Mets. And then you take down the 111 win Dodgers. Well, even before that, once you trade for Juan Soto, I think that's when that's when the expectations yeah, for about, go up for about four days. And then we got the news about Fernando. And yeah, I think you still at that point. I think you were still like just happy to get into the playoffs, get into the dance, and see what you can do. But once you get past the Mets and the Dodgers, I believe what Bob said there that every single player in that clubhouse said World Series or bust. Like yeah, we're I, not think satisfied with I think the they're satisfied now. I think they're disappointed. I really do, and and I think I would be too if I were them. Because, I guess big picture, yes, successful season. Yeah, great. Sure. Had a blast. You made it to Fans the final awesome. four. You're in the final four, whatever. But I do. I promise you, man. Those guys are like, dude. We we could taste it. Like we could see it. It was on the horizon. Let's get it back to San Diego. Let's win a couple games, and then we're on our way to Houston. It was the ring was that close. Well, speaking of Fernando, he's one of the reasons why those expectations are higher for next season because no matter what moves you make in the off season, you feel like you're adding a generational talent right off the top. You know, you're getting to sign whoever signs Aaron judge. Great. They get a great, uh, unbelievable player. Padres know they're getting at least 
fairly confident they're getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back. And uh, Bob Melvin talked about it, and I, I thought at least painted a, a solid picture of where Fernando is at right now mentally heading into the 2023 season. Yeah, he's a really good player, so we, we look forward to that. And, I, you know, I've had conversations with him. I've had dialogue with him here throughout the postseason. Um, and he's just looking forward to helping his team and getting back. I think he has a perspective on things now, too. And the, the hunger that he's going to have to come in and be part of this and help his team go farther than we were last year is pretty immense. So it's, it's what he's focused on right now is just getting healthy, getting back, and being part of this group because he missed it. All right, I like I like that. I mean, you know, we'll have to see it from Fernando Tatis Jr., but that's certainly the mindset that I was hoping he was going to take. You know, come back, do what you can, help the team take that next step, whatever it is, whatever they need. You know, be yourself, obviously, but I liked uh, I liked hearing that from Bob. I think it's the the, the only way, and you know, I think. Um... This fan base, you know, is is I wouldn't even say it's split down the middle. I'd say there's probably a small. I you see it, you see it every now and then. Um, you know, uh, let's just trade him, see what we can get for him. I you know, I don't think you trade him at all. Uh, I've heard calls on this radio station. Uh, let's just trade him. Let's go trade him to get pitching and a first baseman and out on uh, our Twitter feed this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, hey, he really needs to come in and, and atone. My, my friends, as much as you want to get on your pulpit about him um the really the only thing he needs to do right now is to make sure that he stays healthy and that he's accountable to his teammates it seems like he's already done that and it seems like he's going to come in allegedly hopefully ready to play now yesterday you, you teased it going to be the most annoying topic of the offseason yeah you can count on bernie wilson to bring it up yeah, make, loved it a, it. make a little point I'm, during the news well, conference i'm glad bernie did it so that i don't have he to. asked uh, aj preller well so what position is uh, is fernando tatis jr going to play when he comes back yeah the position would be like on the field for 160 you know 145 <laughs> games so that, that position would infield work for us. outfield shortstop yeah. center field left I field think, right field I think again, I, I know it's, it's it's a question. Obviously, but, you know, it's it's talked about a lot, and I think um, you know, I really do. I think for right now, it's about just getting them healthy, and uh, I think those are the conversations that we'll start having here in the next couple of weeks with our our scouts, our front office group, uh, the baseball operations department, Bob and the staff, and try to get some clarity here going into spring training going forward. He gives you that options because he's a great athlete, he's a great player, he can play all over the field. Um, and we have some other guys that have stepped up on the current roster that'll that'll uh, that'll be part of the equation too. So it should be good competition, and you know we'll do what we think is best for him and for our club, honestly, going forward. AJ Preller uh, came prepared to not answer that question. Oh yeah, you knew you were going to get it. You knew you were going to have a non-answer. That's what you're supposed to do at this point. Again, and- we talked yesterday. So many dominoes need to not even fall yet, Ben. I mean, so many dominoes aren't even set up yet to figure out exactly where the best position for him is. I, I mean, if, if A.J. Preller said, no, he, he's our shortstop when he comes back, I'd say, well, but how do you know? You don't even know what the roster is going to look like well, at this point. You can't answer that question right now because you don't have all the pieces. You don't have the entire right. picture yeah. uh, of what you know it's, it's going to look like. Again, it's not the NFL. <laughs> it's, it's not the NFL where you can go, yeah, he's my quarterback. As soon as he's back, he's my quarterback. It's not like he may play safety. We might try him at tight end. 
Uh, we don't know. We don't know yet. We'll let you guys know. He may punt for us, as far as you guys know. When Chris Paul's our point guard, right? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Like he's not gonna. He's not gonna be taking the tip at at, at center court. He might court. play some power forward for us. Right. I don't I mean, know. Just, we'll see. It just. It just. It's not those other sports. It's just not. You know. Um, it's one of the the weird sports where guys can go out and play a few different things. He's also and, a freak of nature, yes. and he he also he also can is recovering. Play other positions. He's also recovering. It's like he's come up as a catcher, and that's the only position he's played. Right. Like I mean, Austin Nola was a shortstop that moved to catcher. We see it all the time. Um, maybe this kid turns into the next freaking Willie Mays out in center field. Maybe not. Maybe he turns into the next great shortstop. Um, Maybe he needs more time at DH next year sure. just to, just to make know, sure he's healthy. Soft runway coming back after all the surgeries and the and, time off. And one thing I can tell you, Ben, is I, I'd, I'd fully expect to see that. I'd expect to see some of that. I'd expect to see maybe picking up some guys that are pretty versatile so that you can do things like that next year. All right. As we, uh, as we head into the top of the hour, I want to I want to be able to carry over this next topic because there was talk of the birthday boy. Juan Soto yesterday turned 24 years old, still incredibly young. And uh, one of the early questions to A.J. Preller was about the future of Soto. Now, he's uh, under team control for the next two years. But, of course, that wasn't enough for the Washington Nationals. They felt like, okay, we either sign him or trade him. And once he rejected a you know $400-plus million contract offer, they decided to trade him. So, What's the Padres planning when it comes to a possible contract extension for Juan Soto? Yeah, I think we'll have that conversation. You know, I think, again, like all this is pretty fresh. I think we'll sit down here on, on really a lot of different fronts. But I think, uh, you know, from Juan's standpoint, I'm sure he's he's getting to know the city and, and getting to know the organization. I think, uh, you know, from when we made the deal, we made it knowing that we had him for three pennant races, but also understanding that, you know, we'll sit down with, with Peter, with Eric, and just kind of talk about what's best for the organization long term. But... Uh, he's a you know incredibly talented player. He's an impact player, and you know we'll have those conversations here. You know I'm sure even in, in this, this off season, just kind of you know taking the temperature and seeing where his head is at and going from there with it. All right. Um, there was another quote in there though. I thought it was in that it was in that bite though, where AJ Preller said that he expects Juan Soto to be in the Padres lineup for years to come. Right? Didn't didn't you did we hear that one somewhere? Yeah, yeah, years to come. Yes, now there's certainly some <sighs> wiggle room for interpretation with what AJ was saying. There are two years. There are years. If to it, come. he had one year left, and he said he's got year to come, right? Then we could know. I think, and we're, we'll he does talk, have two years to come. We'll talk about this when we come back. I think there is one very key piece of information that the Padres don't have that will dictate a possible Juan Soto contract extension. Tell you about that when we come back with more Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan.